Are you ready? You better get ready. Get ready to dive into the heart of local sports action. Broadcasting live from the heartland of Missouri. Welcome to the SEMO Scramble on SEMO ESPN. Get set. Because it's time to catch up on the latest local highlights, in-depth analysis, and interviews from the Blue Deal and beyond. Market set. Here we go. With your host, Rusty Hendricks and Jess Todd. Christmas. Welcome in, everybody. It's a SEMO scramble here on SEMO ESPN. Clay Harrell, Rusty Hendricks in the house. We're live here on this Saturday morning. Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas, everybody. I think uh, the first thing i got to say is listen to that song. I don't think there's going to be snow this Christmas, Rusty. It seems pretty nice weather right now on December 23rd. That's all right. I think, we, let's see, last year, I want to say right before Christmas, it was like zero degrees, right? was yeah, it not? I mean, it was, it was like super cold. Um, I think there might have been some some spitting flurries around some areas, but uh, you know there hasn't been too many times in this area we've seen a lot of snow on Christmas. But you know that's, that's okay. I think I'm okay with that. I think it's more of just like a, the thing you see in movies. You know, I don't really think it happens as often as people maybe like to think. But uh, yeah, I don't think we're going to see any snow this year. But we're back for another week. Christmas is two days away, and you know here we are still just you know plugging away at it, Rusty. All right, uh, should be fun. I know originally we didn't really expect to be, you know, having a show uh, today. I know I, I've been really busy and Christmas holidays going on, but able to squeeze it in, make it work out. So, Clay, first of all, thanks to uh, working things around. I know I've tried to make things work around here to get get things done. So, uh, shout out to my boss, Paul Stoner, uh, works for FedEx. I know for those of you who don't know, I work uh, also at FedEx and uh, been uh, been. You know, being a, a Christmas elf, so to speak, Santa's little helper is trying to get the the Christmas presents off before Christmas. I'll be going back to work after the show today, Clay, and I uh, got to get those presents off uh, the last minute. So, thanks to that, you're a catalyst for Christmas, man. Uh, everything you guys do is important. So, uh, I know a lot of people appreciate everything that you all do and making sure everything gets in on time. Because, like you said, you're a you're a very important elf in this process. Don't get mad at me if you don't get anything. Uh, <laughs> so we're doing the best yeah, we can. Yeah, what I'm saying is blame but, Rusty. But uh, doing the best we can. But anyway, hope again, hope everyone has time to uh, spend time with some family. I know we for- often forget, Clay, uh, this time of the year, although it is special and time to spend with family and it's it's memories that are made. Also, sometimes you know, there's those that have maybe lost some loved ones and it's a tough time of the year. So be thinking about those, maybe – you know, send that Christmas card, send a note, uh, send a text, you know, whatever, voice message, whatever it is. Um, you know, kind words this time of the year, and it should be all year round, but kind words this time of year really mean something. Yeah, you know, and I think it's one of those things, too, where it's it's tough to, to maybe really, like, 
in the moment think of that because it feels like life moves at like a thousand miles a minute. But yeah, I think this is definitely the time of year where you can kind of ground yourself and, and really see like, hey, like like you said, some kindness this time of year, I think definitely goes a long way. But I think, you know, all all times of the year, it should go a long way too. So should be a fun show. We'll kind of bounce around, talk about some of the, the key games uh, over the weekend for for the NFL, for the NBA. Um, some games going on on Christmas Day. Should be a fun Christmas if you're a sports fan. Normally the, the NBA clay is just locked and loaded with uh, different games and high-profile games. Uh, you know, NFL said, not so fast. We want to join in on the party, right? And so they're getting in on it with some, some key games and one in particular we'll talk about a little bit later as well that it looks to be pretty pretty awesome. Could be a preview of the Super Bowl. We'll see. But uh, I want to start first, Clay. There was a college basketball game last night. It was the Bragging Rights game. Mizzou and Illinois, you know, Mizzou last year took care of Illinois. Illinois had a down season, and Mizzou, I think, you know, for some, kind of exceeded some expectations last year. Uh, they were able to get a, a first-round win. First time they did that in about a decade last year. So they got a big win last year. They lost to Princeton in the second round, unfortunately, bouncing out of the uh, NCAA tournament. But, again, Mizzou had a solid season, and it was fun watching them last year. There's a few of those guys back, but a lot of turnover. Illinois the same. A lot of new faces on the team. But uh, last night, it was all Illinois and all early on as they uh, took care of Mizzou. I mean, they outscored Mizzou 49-24 to at halftime. So they get the win, Illinois, again, 97-73, to the final score in that one. And one guy, I don't know if you had a chance to, to watch it at all, uh, Mr. Shannon Jr. for Illinois. He had 30 points last night. He really was something special uh, for Illinois, and he looks to be a good one. Yeah, I mean, I think, like you touched on with Mizzou's turnover, losing Kobe Brown, obviously getting drafted in the first round of the Clippers. That, I mean, losing a guy like that, that was really the focal point of your offense, is obviously, that's a that's a tough thing to rebound from. And I think maybe Illinois went into that game knowing, like, hey, this is our get-back at, at Mizzou for last year. And, and it, they didn't waste any time getting out to it because I think that that game was one that no matter what, how your season's going to that point, you get up for it. But I think Illinois maybe had some extra jump on their step considering what happened last year. And, and they, wait, like I said, wasted no time getting to it, and they took it to Mizzou all night long. And I think, I mean, that's a tough one if you're Mizzou. But it's also, I think, maybe kind of expected in a way. It is one of those, I think it's a, a re, rebuild, retool. That's kind of the buzzword sure. in St. Louis sports right now, it feels like. So I know they're in Columbia. But, you know, I, I feel like that may, maybe is expected with the year that they're having. But, I, I mean... There's still a program, I think, that they're on the up and up still, and I think they'll be fine here by, by this time next year. So Mizzou now 7-5, and five, Illinois, the 13th-ranked team in the country, now 9-2. and two. Guerrier uh, had 28 points for the Illini, again, Shannon had 30. Leading the way for Mizzou was uh, Shawnee's the second with 18 points. But how about Mizzou, also Mizzou football? There's been a lot of buzz here the last uh, – I don't know, week or so, Clay, about some of the recruiting that's going on. They have one of the top recru- recruiting classes in the country. It's amazing what they've been able to do. Yeah, I know they – I think uh, from stuff I've heard, I'm not huge into college football and I'm not really that big of a Mizzou fan, but from stuff I've kind of read and heard, they flipped a lot of guys from Oklahoma and Arkansas, if I'm yes. not mistaken. So that seems to be – And Georgia, too. And Georgia. So, I mean, crazy. I, I think that's – this is where you look at it, and like, with the transfer portal and recruiting, like – it feels like maybe this is good for Mizzou. Like, it gives them a chance to get these guys that, like, maybe 
that they would have lost to Alabama or Georgia or whoever. Like, this seems to be maybe with the transfer portal and obviously the success Mizzou had this year, like, you kind of couple those two, like, Mizzou's got a chance. Like, with the the college football playoff expanding next year, they they have a real chance to get into yeah. that and make some noise. So Mizzou's playing in a bowl game, uh, the Goodyear Cotton Bowl Classic. That'll be at AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas, against Ohio State. An 8 p.m. game on Friday, uh, December the 29th. That'll be an on, on ESPN, and we'll carry it here on our airwaves as well. Is that game important, do you think, for Mizzou football and recruiting purposes? Is that, is that important at all, you think? That's huge. I, I, I don't know, and again, like I said, I don't follow college football too closely. I don't know if Marvin Harrison Jr. is playing in that game. Regardless, I don't think it matters. Like, if you're Mizzou, like, you're playing Ohio State. That is an ideal bowl game for them. Like, getting the name recognition of playing a team like Ohio State, you're on ESPN on a Friday night. Like, I don't think that could go any better if you're Mizzou. Now, obviously, the only way it gets a lot better is if you win the game. And I think Mizzou's going to have a lot of their guys out there because it is such a big bowl game where on the other side, Ohio State's like, hey, like, you know, we've been here before. They fell short of what they wanted to accomplish. But, yeah, I mean, for recruiting purposes and, and just down the road, this game is monumental for Mizzou. Yeah, I don't know that the outcome, you know, means a ton per se. But, uh, hey, if they can get a win, that's kind of a cherry on top, so to speak, for them in the bowl game. But, yeah, being able to play Ohio State, that's big. Going to be on, you know, primetime on ESPN but, uh, again, good good things for Eli Drinkwitz and company for Mizzou and obviously doing some good things recruiting. I do think, you know, some of the guys they have coming in, a lot of the guys coming back, Brady Cook, Luther Burden coming back, this will be the year uh, where Mizzou, you know, expectations are going to be through the roof. I mean, with the 12-team playoff coming in next year with the college football playoff, Clay, I do think the expectations will probably be, you know, at least get into the playoff or bust. I mean, I don't know. If you look at their schedule, too, they have a you know a fair schedule, I think. There's obviously some tough matchups. they got to play Alabama. That's a, their toughest one on the schedule. But, but boy, there's a chance for them to be, you know, I don't know, 9-2 and two or something like that going into bowl week. Yeah, I think if you're Mizzou, it's top, like, you aim top eight. I don't think you're going to get into that top four because I think, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, top four gets the bye, the bye correct? Yep. I don't think That'd you get tough. to that territory, but I think to consider – to consider like the regular season of success next year for Mizzou is like hosting a first round college football playoff game. I think that that's success, and then anything after that is you know like you said, kind of what this is a cherry on top. Obviously, every team thinks they could win a championship and wants to win the national championship, but that's just not the reality of it. I think if you're Mizzou, like kind of tempering those expectations and like, hey, let's host a college football playoff game. That's big for recruitment. If you can do that, like it's just little things like that. I think. That should be the expectation. Anything past that is, is a huge win for Mizzou. Yeah. All right, well, let's turn the, the focus a little bit to the NBA. We don't talk a ton of NBA here on this show, but I know Clay is biting at the at the bit to look at some of the Christmas matchups. Again, that's a kind of a tradition. And we, and we talked to Rika Patterson, uh, what was it, last week, I guess? Uh, or a week before that, I forget. But uh, she talked about one of her family's traditions You know, on Christmas was getting up and, and watching the NBA on Christmas Day. That's been a, a staple for some time now. There's some pretty good matchups. Uh, I kind of know which one you're going to be focusing on, Clay. <laughs> that one thirty no. matchup. But anyway, go through the matchups for us here, Clay, and uh, see what you think about it. Yeah, we got first game of the day. We get going at 11 a.m., the Bucks and Knicks. And then one thirty the Warriors and the Nuggets. Uh, 4 p.m. is probably like the, the NBA, like, aficionado like dream the lakers celtics the classic the classic 
And then at seven, the Sixers and Heat, that's the one that I have probably the least interest in, to be right. honest. And then at 9.30, the Mavericks and, and the Suns, there's some beef there with Luka and Devin Booker. So that, I think that's kind of what they go for there. But you're correct. I am going to be dialed in um, on the Warriors at 1.30. They've won four in a row. They played at night against Portland. Probably should be five in a row. I say that they're probably going to lose, but it's all right. Um, I think it's a good road test for them going into Denver. They played Denver tough. The defending um, champs. The defending champs. They played Denver tough on the road uh, at the beginning of the year. They were down some guys. Um, I think it's a good a good measuring stick game for them. Um, we talked measuring stick to kind of tie this in local with Notre Dame earlier in the week, Rusty, uh, when they played Lutheran St. Charles. It's the same thing for the Warriors to see where they're at. They can go in maybe winning five in a row or at least four of their last five. Good, good chance to see where they're at, down some guys. So, I mean, I'm excited for that one, obviously. But, yeah, I think just having the games on the TV, it doesn't matter who. Like, the Bucks and Knicks, I feel like that's always the, the 11 a.m. game. And it's like, <laughs> it doesn't matter who's playing, like, what it is. Just having the NBA on in the background is nice. And to have a chance to have the superstars out there and to be playing, you know, Giannis in that first game, obviously Steph. And, and Jokic in that second game, you know Tatum. It'll be fun to see him uh, going at it against LeBron. So yeah, I I was watching the Warriors there on ESPN last night, and they said every Christmas Day game features a, a former MVP. Wow! So pretty pretty cool stuff. So all of those games will either be on ESPN or ABC. So again, that is all day long, starting at eleven, all the way up until uh, the the last game starts at nine thirty at night. So on Christmas Day, so you can get your basketball. Fix there. All right, Clay, let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to look at a little little NFL. So uh, we mentioned earlier a little preview. Uh, of course, they got games going on today, games going on tomorrow, and games going on on Christmas Day. The NFL trying to take over here on Christmas weekend. We'll talk about that. Coming up next on the CMO Scramble. Welcome back in the SEMO Scramble here on SEMO ESPN Radio. Clay Harrell and Rusty Hendricks. And I'm trying, folks. I am trying to get Clay hooked on the Christmas music. I'm trying to get him going here this morning. It's a tough task, tall task, but I'm, I'm working on it. I'm being tortured. <laughs> I walked into Christmas music blasting this morning in here and then in the breaks, and it feels like he's he's really just, you know, like trying to torture me with every <laughs> waning second of this show this morning. Uh, you, you, well, you you brought it out. You told us last week <laughs> that you're not a, a big fan of Christmas music, so you know I'm just trying to get rid of the Grinch. I'll give you credit. You're playing like the classics. You're not playing like the today's artists. You know, like redoing them the music. You so. gotta love the classics, right? Like, I'll give you the like, Christmas music classics. I can like I can accept as long as we're not playing like today's artists. Like trying to cover Christmas music, it's all good with me. All right. You got your Christmas shopping done? Yeah, I'm good to go, man. Good to I got, go. Got, oh, I'm not going to say what I got my dad because I actually don't Dude, know don't, if they listen, so yeah, I, won't, I won't throw that out there. But, yeah, I got Christmas shopping done. All right, good deal. I should be done as well. I just need to wrap. Can, can someone come over to my house and help me wrap presents? That would be okay with me. Man, I, I could use help with that. I am the worst at wrapping presents. If you put a bunch of presents around a tree, you could just point out exactly which ones I wrapped. <laughs> so it's uh, not pretty, but it gets the job done, you know? Yes. 
All right, Clay, big weekend in the NFL. We're going to touch on that here quick. And real quick, too, I want to mention, I've uh, got a couple, couple of guests coming on the next couple of segments. Uh, we're going to have Luke Randall on. He is the new uh, sports anchor and reporter for KFES 12. Uh, so he'll be working on the weekends, taking uh, over that Jess Todd spot. We'll be talking, about, uh, talking with him about, uh, you know, just get to know him a little bit. They're at 930 at 9.45, we're going to touch base with Derek James. He's an assistant coach of the Sykeston basketball team, and also um, he is works for the Standard Democrat. So get his thoughts on the Dodgers. He's a big Dodgers fan. So get his thoughts on Shohei Otani from uh, Yamamoto and the Dodgers uh, just taking care of the whole league. <laughs> so we'll get, a, we'll get a, his thoughts on that. But first, let's talk about the NFL so today, two matchups, uh, Cincinnati at Pittsburgh, Buffalo at Los Angeles, the Chargers, that is. Uh, obviously, it's a must-win for Buffalo. Is there any team hotter than them right now? I mean, who's your picks in those two matchups, Clay? I mean, yeah, you look at it. I know I know Buffalo. Buffalo seems to be kind of the the trendy Super Bowl pick right now, I think. I know they're, they I think they're, they're still on the outside looking in, but like it feels like everything's clicking for them right now, and I think uh, – I think Buffalo Buffalo should win that game pretty handily. I mean, you would the, think. the Chargers looked abysmal last time out. Uh, I think this one could go pretty similarly for the Chargers. I think Buffalo runs through them, and I, I think the Bengals probably uh, take it to the Steelers. I think I the Steelers agree. go under five hundred for the first time in the Mike Tomlin era. How about Jake Browning and what he's done at Cincinnati? But do you think Mike Tomlin, does he keep his job <sighs> at Pittsburgh? Like, uh, probably. I think I'm not comparing. I'm not saying he is as great as Bill Belichick like was, but he's kind of that legacy coach where I think you owe him, you know, maybe one or two, one and a half more years of this before. Uh, the question is too maybe there's some little you know sprinkles of rumors going on that maybe he doesn't want to be there anymore. Maybe I, he wants to move on. I wonder. Who knows? I, where where does he go though? You know, like it just feels it feels like like seeing Tom Brady playing for the Bucks or Peyton Manning play for the Broncos. Like Mike Tomlin, like coaching another team would just be very Weird. very strange. Right. Same thing with I know I know like this isn't what we're talking about, but the reports about Belichick are, is that he's going to be fired out of New England. Like that just seems that screams Chargers to me. But but like again, that's going to be strange. Like if Bill Belichick goes and coaches the Chargers or a different team, like I don't know. I think Mike yeah. Tomlin's got if he wants to be there, I think he's got at least another year. I would agree. All right, on Sunday, so Christmas Eve, so today, of course, is Christmas Eve Eve, but uh, actual Christmas Eve, December the 24th on Sunday, we got Indy at Atlanta. Uh, it's got to be Indy, right? I mean, oh, Atlanta's Indy, just... I think Indy, Shane Steichen should be up for, for Coach of the Year, I think. He's done a fantastic job without Anthony Richardson. The Colts are going to be a really good team. They add some pieces around Richardson when he gets healthy. Yeah, Indy by 12. Seattle at Tennessee and then Detroit at Minnesota. Those are two pretty good games. I think it's a I mean, that's going to be a, or again, a really important game for Detroit and Minnesota and then Seattle, Tennessee. Uh, that could be toss up. Yeah, I don't know who is at Tennessee. At Tennessee, yeah, I'll take Seattle on the road. I, I don't know how many points they'd probably be favored by. My guess would be like three, but um, I'll take Seattle. And then I th- honestly, this might be a crazy take because I know it's a divisional game, but I think Detroit wins that by double digits. That would be big for them to kind of cement themselves as a higher seed. Uh, a snoozer, you have the Commanders and the Jets. Uh, yeah, that one's at noon, game on CBS. 
Green Bay at Carolina, you would think Green Bay would take care of business there. I just got to say thank you for not making me pick a winner in that Commanders yeah. and Jets game because yeah. I can tell you who the loser is, and it's America. <laughs> uh, Cleveland at Houston. This one could be a pretty decent game. Really important for Houston. Uh, you know, they're they're kind of right there on the fringe of making the playoffs. I don't. I haven't heard if C.J. Stroud will be back or I not. I believe he's out with so, a concussion. So if he's out, that's going to be tough. But, again, Cleveland and Houston, that, that could maybe be a That's a big a game for both teams exactly. I mean, when it comes to wild card implications. Uh, I mean, I would like to – I'm going to have to – I think you give the edge to Cleveland, especially without, without C.J. Stroud in there. Their defense, I think that could be the difference. Uh, Jacksonville at Tampa Bay. Uh, I think Trevor Lawrence is going to play. He was trending. I know he was in concussion protocol. He was trending to be playing, but uh, – if they don't have Trevor Lawrence, that could be a tough one there. But Tampa Bay, scrappy team, and again, they're right there in the playoff mix. They're, they're point and a half favorites tomorrow at home, so that kind of shocks me, especially if Trevor Lawrence is going to play. Another snoozer, Arizona at Chicago, a battle of top picks. <laughs> yeah, I think Bears fans are saying go Cardinals, I think, would be my guess. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. This is probably the game of the day on Sunday. Dallas at Miami, that's a three twenty-five game on Fox. That should be a fun one. Uh, two teams that... Look, kind of the knock on both of these teams, Clay, is they haven't beaten a kind of upper level level or top tier team. So, okay, can one of them separate themselves from the other? It, it'll be interesting. It, I think it like it depends how the game is won. It just kind of what the discourse will be around it. Because if it's just an ugly game where it's like, if it's a shootout or if it's like ten to seven, I don't think I think it's just going to be well. Oh, here you go. So I you think it'll see. be a shootout. I, I do too. I, I yeah, it's not going to be ten to seven. I know Tyreek Hill is questionable, but the Dolphins, they just put up 30. I know it was the Jets last week, but the Jets' defense is... 31-28. That would be kind of the score range that I would say. I, I'll be very curious to see what the discourse is. I'm assuming Tuesday morning. I don't know if the talk shows will be going on Christmas morning, but very curious to see kind of how everybody approaches whichever team comes out and wins. I think the funniest thing would be if they tie Rusty. <laughs> if they somehow manage to tie, I mean, that would just be kind of like the perfect description of both of those teams when they play a big game. Yeah, so that, again, that'll be a fun one. Dallas at Miami, three twenty-five on Sunday. Then you got New England and Denver. How, uh, how did that get Sunday Night Football? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. They, I, I, it's clear what they think about it. They threw the game on NFL Network. Like, what are we doing? Well, they they we have some games on on Christmas Day, so That's let's fair. turn to that. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> so Vegas versus Kansas City. That'll be a noon game, of course. Locally, a lot of Kansas City fans will be. Looking at that one, you know, Vegas has had up and down season. Obviously, Kansas City has struggled offensively, but this should be a game where Kansas City takes care of business, isn't it? They should, but I don't know. I feel like it doesn't matter what the Raiders have going on. It feels like they always play Kansas City tough. I, I don't. I know it's a, it's a divisional game, obviously. I, I could see that. The line's 10.5 right now in favor of the Chiefs. I could see that being a one-score game, to be honest. It could be. Yeah, the offense, what you're going to look at for Kansas City. Look, we saw... The Raiders, you know, they don't have a great defense. They have a couple of guys uh, uh, on the defensive line that could cause some havoc. But for Kansas City, you want to see the offense improve, get a little bit better, and find a little rhythm going in uh, to the rest of the season. Then you have the New York Giants at Philadelphia at 3.30 on Fox. Philadelphia's, I mean, they've been, a, what, a three-game losing streak? They have to win this game. They cannot have another letdown. If they lose to the Giants, the, the talk around Jalen Hurts and just that team in general gets really, really loud. It's yep. already pretty loud. Yep. It comes tight for sure. But, again, this is probably the game of the week. I don't think there's any question on Christmas night, okay, 7-15 on ABC. 
You have Baltimore, the Baltimore Ravens at the San Francisco 49ers. And again, this is a potential, potential now, Super Bowl preview. The only the only safe t- thing, thing you could say with the Super Bowl is the 49ers, I think, right now. And I know it's not safe because it's NFL and things get weird when the playoffs roll around. But the AFC, man, you could flip a coin. Sure. And, and you could, I think we could sit here and name every contender and I could like, you could go through and be like, yeah, they could get in. Like, it just feels so wide open. I do think Baltimore is the best of that bunch right now. I like. I hope it's the Super Bowl. That would be such a dynamic Super Bowl. It would be awesome. Is it a close game, or does the 49ers run away with it late? It's a big. I think it's a big test for Baltimore because I think for them, their fan base, they want to at least you know, be in the game, make it be a close game uh, down the wire because I think that will be important for them. Is it at San Francisco? At San Fran. Yeah, I think the 49ers, I think they win that one. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if it comes down to, if it goes to overtime or if it ends on a game-winning field goal. I, I think that would, that seems to be kind of how some of these big games can go. I'll, I'll take the 49ers by a field goal. All right, I only have a couple minutes here before we turn to break and talk to Luke Randall of uh, KFES 12, the new sports anchor there for KFES 12. So, obviously, in the uh, Christmas tournament, we just saw the girls wrap up Clay. How about the number one seed, the Delta Lady Cats, okay, in the first Community Bank uh, Christmas tournament here at the Show Me Center. I know you spent time covering that. It was Delta. It was Saxony Lutheran getting the upset over Jackson in the semis, Saxony Lutheran in the championship, and they took them, uh, took them down to the wire a little bit. It was a pretty good game, but Delta bringing home the championship. Delta continues to just impress every time I see him play. Like, I think what I kind of saw this week was obviously, like, you know what you're going to get when you play a team like Delta. They're going to be aggressive, they're going to be in your face, and they're going to play really, really sound defense. The thing that really impresses me the most, though, is just the culture that they've built and the standard that they hold themselves to. Like You could tell if they don't come out of the game ready to play, like Coach Heave is on them, and it's it's clear it's a standard. When you, If a player is getting pulled, they're not hanging their head. They, I mean, they know they're going back in the game and just and seeing the culture that, that he's built there and the standard that they hold themselves to, and it seems like it's not really like just coaching in force like the players from you know talking to some of them and talking to coach Heeb, like they hold themselves to a certain standard and they know what they expect of each other and and they didn't always win pretty this week but that's what good teams do you can win ugly games and and delta took care of business this week and maybe at times when they weren't playing their best and they just continue to show why they're one of the best teams in this area so let's let's ask i'm gonna ask you about that do you think they are the best team in the area delta yeah, I can't put me on the spot like that. That's a tough one. It's them or Notre Dame, I think. I would agree. I think those two, and it's it's tough because the, they originally had each other on the schedule, and they were removed. Um, so no Delta, no Notre Dame matchup, unfortunately, this year on the schedule. But, boy, it, it would be fun to watch those two go at it. It's just tough because, obviously, the difference in, in classes, right? Like, I, I know that's that doesn't really like matter too much because Delta was working with what they have is in, insane. Just being class such a one class one school. I mean, it's yeah. I'm gonna just say it's Delta Notre Dame. I'm not gonna pick one because I could be convinced on either of them being the best. So Delta again won that championship game, 53-45 over Saxony. So congrats to them. It was uh, Jackson defeating St. Vincent in the third place matchup. Uh, we saw there on the. Uh, let's see. The final day, Cape Central falling to Scott City. Kelly defeating Woodland. Um, Metal Heights winning over Oak Ridge. And the uh, consolation side as well, Scott County Central with a victory over Carroll. So just, it was a fun tournament. I know you were talking to me off air 
the team that kind of opened up your eyes the most was Saxony Lutheran. Uh-huh. I I think they they should walk away with this probably feeling like I know Delta won the tournament, but they should walk away feeling like they're the biggest winners from this tournament. They took down Jackson. They played Delta to I think it was an eight nine point game. I think it was. I mean, if you're Coach Crawford over there in at Saxony, you have to be feeling pretty good about your group and what you saw from them this week because that was some impressive stuff. And and what can be a tough week because it's so busy. How about Evie Caruso had a double double? Actually, I think he had triple double, right? Yes, I thought in it was a triple championship double. game. How about that, Evie Caruso? I mean, you run out of things to say. Like, like just see, like a triple double in high school is incredible. Like, almost kind of at a loss for words at times, just to even think about that and put that in perspective. In eight minute quarters to put up a triple double, but yeah, I mean, she's obviously the the centerpiece of that that. Uh, Saxony offense. I know they're getting healthy. They're get. I think Becca Johnson's back for them. So, just they're getting some pieces back, and, and they they look to be kind of putting everything together. I know at times they struggled at the beginning of the year, and I know it's still early, but man, they they have to be feeling pretty good after what they saw. So here's the all tournament team from the uh, from the tournament here, and the Addison Nichols of Delta. It was Evie Caruso of Saxony Lutheran, Jada Griggs, Kelly, Jade Berry, Delta. Uh, Lillian Landis for Scott City. Reagan, is it Howe or Howe? I'm sorry. Howe, Reagan Howe. Howe. Uh, Reagan Howe of Oak Ridge. Holland Gilliams of Jackson. Amani Summers of uh, Cape Central. Maya Gillespie, Delta. Mallory Barks of Woodland. Riley Robinson, St. Vincent. And Abigail Haley of Saxony. So that is your all-tournament team from the First State Community Bank Holiday Classic. Yeah, I mean, I, one name that jumps out to me that that I don't know, it might get lost just kind of with the, how the final day and everything. Riley Robinson, the game she had um, against Kelly, had 26 points, a game winner. St. Vincent came from behind after after allowing Kelly to go on an 18 nothing run that spanned into the fourth quarter. She had an outstanding game there. It was, I think, on the Sunday um, against Kelly, and it was fun to watch to be there. Like The, the energy in, in, inside the gym at Saxony was was pretty, pretty awesome to see. All right, so a fun tournament. Of course, we'll be having the... Uh, Southeast Missourian Christmas tournament coming up the day after Christmas, Clay. So on Tuesday, you'll be kicking off. How about that? So it should be fun. You'll be there all week. Uh, we'll have coverage here on SEMO ESPN Radio. Eric Schott will be on the call in the morning sessions each day. Uh, I'll have the duties for the uh, night sessions. So uh, join us here on SEMO ESPN Radio. And make sure and tune in to SEMOball.com and on Twitter and social media that uh, Clay and, and the bunch there at Simo Ball will be uh, all over it. Yeah, check out com. Actually, uh, Tony Capabianco, the sports editor, just dropped a piece uh, previewing the tournament, and then also all of uh, all of the staff, we, we made our predictions uh, for the first, first place, third place, fifth place, and then ninth place. So go check that out and see who we have winning it. All right, should be fun. Again, that starts next week, uh, the day after Christmas. So it should be fun at the Show Me Center. All right, we're going to talk things over with Luke Randall, the new sports anchor and reporter for the for KFES 12. We'll talk to him coming up next. So stay with us here on the CMO Scramble. Welcome back. It's the SEMO Scramble here on SEMO ESPN Radio. Clay Harrell, the Southeast Missourian, Rusty Hendricks here on SEMO ESPN, 1220 AM, 93.5 FM, and online at SEMOESPN.com. And we are happy to be joined on the hotline by Luke Randall. So thanks, Luke, for joining us this morning. He is the new 
a sports reporter slash anchor for KFES 12. So, Luke, uh, welcome to Southeast Missouri. Thanks for having me on, guys. I really appreciate it. Well, hey, man, uh, again, congrats uh, on the new gig here, and uh, it's going to be fun getting to know you. So let's let's start there. Let's get to know Luke a little bit. Where are you from? Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. All right. So uh, I moved around a little bit when I was younger just because we were a military family. But uh, we, we grew up uh, Navy fans. Uh, my dad was Academy, so we grew up uh, going to some games at Annapolis. And then I went to, uh, I went to college at uh, Liberty, and obviously they've got an uphill battle for sure coming up on uh, New Year's Day versus Oregon. And then the last two years I was in Boise covering Boise State, and now I'm in the heartland. Well, we're excited to have you. Um, I don't know, Clay, what, what kind of suggestions would you have for, for like eating spots or locations to check out here in southeast Missouri? Uh, what, what kind of things should we suggest to, to Luke here? Uh, am I basic if I say Burritoville? Like Burritoville, uh, that I haven't had that in a while. But Kenny's Flippin' Burgers is also really good. Um, man, I don't think you can go wrong. There's so many good food spots here. Uh, but Luke, I got to ask you. You know, you cover a lot of sports. You've probably seen a lot of sports in your time covering them. Which is your favorite sport to cover? I'll tell you what. I actually do really love covering probably soccer and basketball. There, there's some really good sports because. You know, soccer, I grew up, um, my mother is British. So, obviously, that's our football. We were watching that, and I've always loved covering that, loved playing FIFA. But, you know, there are so many basketball teams, and you can already tell the passion in Missouri. You know, it's heightened from other areas. You know, Boise, it's a football, it's a football school. But here, there are so many high schools, colleges, all competing to really go to March Madness. And, you know, I mean, covering it, I mean, even just the tournament just a couple days ago was electric. I'm curious, just, you know, what goes into a decision? Like, how does Cape Girardeau get on your radar? And, you know, was it kind of a, an overwhelming move at times to get here? And obviously, I know you're still getting settled in now, but what was the move from Boise to uh, to Cape Girardeau like? It was a little overwhelming. <laughs> um, I'm lucky. I had my mother come out and uh, help me with it. We had to pack up. You know, it was really, um, I have to send you guys a photo of it, but we had to think about, like, what are we, how are we going to get there? Like, I don't want to pay a mover and pay thousands of dollars when I don't have that much stuff, but also I can't fit it all into a, I just have a small Subaru, so I can't fit everything in. So I ended up pulling a U-Haul trailer uh, for about 1,700 miles. I'd never pulled a trailer before. I'll have to send you guys a photo. It, it looks ridiculous but um, the car pulled like a champ and um, it was overwhelming at times I had to drive a little slower than normal just to make it here but um, it, it got here in one piece and you know obviously there's a lot to learn but you know I, I appreciate the area you know that's taken care of me so far and the area although I grew up in Maryland and you think Maryland urban I, I grew up in one of the more it, it's rural for Maryland not rural overall but, you know, the area I grew up in Maryland is not too dissimilar to what Cape is right now. And I think that's helped with the transition. So you mentioned uh, you spent a little time uh, at the tournament at the Show Me Center here in Cape Girardeau for high school girls. Uh, Delta in that championship game with a victory over Saxony Lutheran. So some high school action. And we were talking about that a little bit earlier. So I don't know. Did you get a chance to, to be able to watch some of that much? Uh, what did you think of the Delta Lady Cats there? 
Well, I'll tell you what, there, there is a reason. They're 9-0. I, uh, I was in and out for quite a bit of the tournament, but from what I saw, I saw the first half, and then I saw the last quarter. I missed the third quarter, but they can just shoot the ball. You know, Addison Nichols, Jade Berry, uh, obviously a coach getting them in the positions, you know, really taking control of that game. And then the fourth quarter, they just really separated themselves from Saxony and everyone else in that tournament. You can see why. I mean, they create spacing and they create shots. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the thing that's the most impressive. Like, did the did the pace jump out to you at all? Because I know when I watch them play, I'm tired just like watching them play defense <laughs> and press for the whole game. Yeah, definitely. I, I think the, the three top teams in that tournament, I think Delta, Jackson, Saxony, I mean, they just had a pace that was on a different level from the rest of the tournament. And, you know, Delta was able to sustain that pace, especially in the final quarter. And I feel like that's really where they want it, where they just said, all right, this is our tournament. We're taking it. So let's get a little bit more about to know you about, uh, you know, you mentioned that you're a soccer guy. You like basketball a little bit as well. Are you big on American football? Uh, what do you think about the, the four teams in the college football playoff? And, and what are what are some maybe some games you're looking at this weekend in the NFL as well? Oh, well, uh, I am a Baltimore Ravens fan. So hey, you got a big we... one. We got a good we got a good game tonight. I am nervous about that because I know a couple of years ago it was uh, Chiefs Rams that big game, and I think twenty seventeen twenty eighteen. It feels like it might be that game. I hope it's not a letdown. But uh, big Ravens fan have been since the uh, Flacco years. I did not jump on the Lamar bandwagon, um, and good for, good for Flacco too. I hope we don't have to face him in the playoffs with the Browns. He's doing <laughs> decent out there. It's crazy. Um, Where's Trent so Dilfer at? Can we get him back? This <laughs> is Trent Dilfer. Um, yeah, so I've been a big Ravens fan for forever. Uh, like the other D.C. teams, uh, Capitals, not so much the Wizards, the Nationals. Definitely a big Capitals fan. Not an Orioles fan? That... Nah, not an Orioles fan. You know, I, uh, I kind of grew up, and I was kind of split between them. And then when I went into high school, I kind of was like, all right, I got to pick one. And I, I ended up picking the Nationals. Okay. Wow. Yeah. I mean, well, you mentioned the college football playoffs, yeah. though. Oh, my gosh. We got some good games in that. Um, it's, hard, it's hard to be a Florida State fan. Um, it is. That's you know, tough. I, I, don't, I don't know how you make that decision. You know, I, I mean, I know some people were joking about an emergency playoff, but, gosh, this is the year it would have worked. Um, but I do think Alabama is the better team. Uh, one of my friends, one of my good friends from uh, – Florida State is not going to want to hear that, but you know I, I think we got some really, really good matchups. Um, I uh, I wasn't in there in person for Boise State versus Washington at the start of the year, but I'm watching it and I'm like, wow, Washington might go all the way. If I had to pick a fight, I think it's going to be Washington Alabama in the final. And I don't know, I don't know, um, but we got we got some really good games, and then the game I'm looking at is obviously Liberty versus Oregon on New Year's Day. If you told me Liberty was playing in the Fiesta Bowl at the start of this year, I would have said no chance. Is Bo Nix playing in that game? Do you know? He is, I believe, yeah. So, yeah, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, if he's playing, that that's going to be tough uh, to get that one yeah. done. But that would be a huge win for I, the program. I, I don't have the highest hopes. I'm hoping we keep it close. Yeah. Luke, uh, switching gears really quick, I was uh, looking some stuff up about you. You uh, reported on college hockey, is that correct? Yeah, I, uh, that's actually how I started out. Started out doing uh, 
college club hockey for uh, Liberty. Huh. That's well, awesome. So are you, like, I know you said you're a Cavs fan. Is, is hockey, like, one of the sports you watch a lot, or, or kind of is hockey just something that you, you know, you found your way into the business with, you know, uh, covering it? A bit of both, a good bit. Obviously, um, it's easier to follow the Caps uh, when they're good. This <laughs> year, obviously, they're just not as great as they were. Obviously, I followed them a lot when they were so, so good from about 2013 onwards to about uh, 2019 there. Um, but, you know, I do love hockey. I mean, it's just a great sport. It's it's the best sport to watch in person, I think. I uh, covered a little bit of uh, the uh, local ECHL team, the Idaho Steelheads. They uh, they went all the way to the uh, the equivalent of the Stanley Cup Finals, uh, got swept in there, but they were they were a great, great team to cover. Yeah, hockey's, hockey's just so fun. Well, here's the thing. I'll tell you a little bit about Southeast Missouri, uh, Luke. Look, we love our local sports. We love our high school basketball, high school football, anything local, anything high school. We love it. I mean, the fans are nuts about it. They are plugged in. They're you know as well versed as any about that, right? Um, so we we love our local sports. Big Semo fans, of course, here in Cape Girardeau. But uh, you go around and you you just talk to somebody random off the street. You say, hey. Uh, what do you think about the Cardinals? What do you think about the Blues? You're going to get an opinion. So we love our Blues. We love our Cardinals. And, again, you you talk to anybody around, uh, you'll get an opinion on that. And that's a great thing. I mean, you guys have so many people that are willing to go talk about that. It's not a big city where people are like, oh, there there is a sports team here. Like, you know, the passion is you can tell because people are showing up to JV games. People are showing up everywhere. I mean, I remember when the Blues won the Cup a few years ago, just how crazy yeah. of a turnaround that was from worst in the league to first. I mean, it's exciting. Well, it's a ba- be a battle uh, here at the end of the year. We'll see who has the worst power play, the Blues or the Capitals. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to bet on the Capitals this year. <laughs> well, Luke, man, it's been fun getting to know you a little bit. Hopefully we can do this again sometime. And, again, welcome to Southeast Missouri. Merry Christmas to you as well, and I hope you have a, a fun weekend and get settled in here to Cape Toronto. And, and just, uh, again, I hope that uh, you learn about Southeast Missourians and here in the, in the heartland that uh, we're kind of blue-collar, uh, hardworking people. And for the most part, I think, Clay, pretty pretty generous with – uh, with each other and so uh, hopefully you'll make some friends and uh, I know a lot of people will be interested to, to get to know you and uh, again good luck uh, the rest of the way thank you Merry Christmas to you guys as well I appreciate you having me on you bet thanks a lot man have a good one we'll catch you later have a good one bye bye alright Luke Randall again appreciate him uh, of KFES 12 so it'll be fun getting to know him I'm sure I should have asked him one thing I forgot to ask is and he may have already been on, but I didn't want to know his debut on KFS 12. I don't know if he made his debut yet or not, but I should have asked him about that. But anyway, uh, be fun get to know him, and uh, I'm sure the local fans in the area will be uh, getting to know him as he travels around and has the coverage for Heartland Sports. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure we'll probably get to know him or meet. I don't. I didn't get to meet him at the uh, the Holiday Classic. I was off, but I'm sure uh, this next week we'll probably get to meet him for the first time. Uh, at the Show Me Center, if I had to bet, with, yeah, uh, between I would agree the uh, Christmas tournament and then Semo playing on Friday, I imagine that just like us, they're going to be pretty busy as well. That's right. All right, well, Clay, let's talk a little baseball. Let's talk a little ba- baseball coming up next. Uh, some big signings in L.A. We'll see kind of the outlook of that for the Cardinals and uh, what that does for Major League Baseball. We'll talk about that next. So stay with us. The Semo Scramble rolling on here on Semo ESPN. 
chestnuts roasting on an open fire. Jack Frost nipping at your nose. Yuletide carols being sung by a choir. And folks dressed up like Eskimos. Everybody knows a turkey and some mistletoe. Help to make the season bright. Tiny tots with their eyes all aglow will find it hard to sleep tonight. Merry Christmas, everyone, uh, from Clay Harrell, Rusty Hendricks. Here are the SEMO Scramble. And again, just uh, how about that? Two days before Christmas and Appreciate everyone uh, listening that have tuned in and sent messages and you know commented on social media and different things. We appreciate everyone uh, for tuning in to CMO Scramble. Hope you enjoy it each week, and I know we enjoy bringing it to you. Yeah, I, I want to say with the people that aren't, you know, obviously we're here in the studio. That was Rusty there singing coming in from that break. So, <laughs> I mean, pretty impressive stuff. Uh, Matt so. King Cole, everybody. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, Ma- I mean, Merry Christmas, everybody. I know we're we still got a little bit of time left, but. Uh, crazy years coming to an end and obviously rusty i appreciate you letting me join you every week uh taking over for the great jess todd um seems to be a traveling man nowadays from what i've seen yeah but uh yeah i appreciate you letting me join you and it's been quite the year it has been fun i know we're gonna have a lot more fun as we go along um we'll try to get a hold of Derek james if we can in the next couple minutes but i do want to point out just a couple of things and if he if he can jump on we'll get his thoughts as well um so just released uh, by the Standard Democrat, I guess last night I, I saw that uh, Sykeston High School uh, will be, I guess, renaming their high school basketball court and will be named the Greg Hollifield Court. So he is the current head coach for uh, Sykeston. So normally, you know, they, they do that after a, a career is over, but they decided to go ahead and do it now. Already a Hall of Famer. He has... Uh, well over 500 wins. He's actually closing in. He's about 20 away or so uh, from 600 in his career, Clay. Uh, 26 years at Sykes, and I think 33 years in coaching overall for uh, head coach Greg Hollifield. Well-deserved honor. I mean, uh, he's brought them to state, winning state undefeated there in 2011 at 30-0. But uh, well-deserved honor for Greg Hollifield. Give a shout-out to him. Yeah, I mean, unbelievable coach. One of the best coaches in this area. I mean, no doubt. I don't know if they do, like, he could be like a unanimous, unanimous Hall of Famer. Like, unbelievable coach, great guy. Uh, just congrats to him, and that's a tremendous honor. All right. In Major League Baseball, Clay, it, just a couple days ago, it was announced, I think, I want to say Jeff Passan broke the news, uh, Yoshinobu Yamamoto signed with the Los Angeles Dodgers on an agreement of 12 years, $325 million. And that's not including about a $50 million posting fee. So in total, you're looking at somewhere around $375 million or so. I, I think it was a $50 million signing bonus or signing and, and bonus. then a posting yeah. fee. So, so I think it's well over like 400 I mean. Nuts. Yeah. What, I mean, whatever. Cardinals are 0-4 to start the year, I guess, now is what that means. But um, I guess we got our wish. Yamamoto is pitching in the Cardinals' opening day game, just not for the Cardinals. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be. Uh, well, he, I, I say that, but who knows? I mean, they might go trade for 
somebody else to who knows who they're gonna who they'll go trade for at this point. The Dodgers just seem to to be running the MLB at this point, and if it seems like if you're not the Yankees, the Mets, or the Dodgers, your team's not gonna spend money, and it's it's gonna be a painful offseason watching every top free agent go by the wayside. Does Major League Baseball need a salary cap? Uh, I think you need a salary cap, but I also think you need a salary floor because you need to have all your teams um, in there competing. But, uh, I mean, also just the the cap, I think, would be uh, an important thing to have as well just to maybe limit uh, some of the top teams and also create some parity. Well, we have a big Dodger fan on the airwaves now. That is Derek James of the Standard Democrat, also works for Sykeston Public Schools. So, Derek, uh, thanks for joining us here real quick. What were your thoughts when you, over the last uh, week or so, it's been a good month, how about that for the Dodgers, you get you, you get Otani, you get the trade where you get Tyler Glass now, and now you have Yamamoto. Is it World Series or bust now for the Dodgers? I pretty much have to think of it that way, and now it's kind of been that way the last several years for their team. They, they have these great regular seasons, you know, winning 100 games nearly every year, it seems like, and then kind of fail when the playoffs start, but... Yeah, when you get, you know, Otani and now Yamamoto and Glass now, and they're, they're pretty much going all in to win the World Series. Now, we all know it's it's just really difficult in baseball. Even the best team in the regular season doesn't always win. But yeah, like you said, it's it's fun to be a Dodgers fan right now. I mean, how could you not be happy about the moves they've made? I mean, anybody would be thrilled to get this much talent for sure. I think the the thing that maybe is the most interesting about the Dodgers, it doesn't feel like they settle, and it's always like a what's next. As a fan, what do you hope is next for the Dodgers this offseason? Next in the offseason? Uh, you know, they're, they're really not strong in the outfield now. They're moving Mookie Betts to second base full-time. And, I, you know, there was some... Uh, Cody Bellinger. Some talk, pardon? Cody Bellinger. Oh, I would love to get Cody Bellinger back. He was one of my favorites. I loved him, but he just kind of stopped hitting, and they let him walk, and the Cubs picked him up, and he had a great year for them. I would love to get him back. But uh, there was some talk when they picked up Glass now that they were going to get a Raza, I can't even say his Rosarina. name, Randy. Yeah. They were talking about maybe getting him, and that would have been exciting. But uh, we're not strong in the outfield. I think they need to shore that up. Um, and here's the thing, you know, they've been looking to this Otani uh, deal for years, I mean they they missed out on Aaron Judge, Bryce Harper, um, uh, Soto, who went to the pot. They missed out on a lot of these big names. I don't know how hard they went after those guys, but they've been really been kind of saving up for this moment to get Otani. Now, what other moves can they make? I don't know. They really needed to improve their pitching, which they have clearly done with these two guys. Otani, of course, won't pitch this year, and Kershaw's out at least half of the next season, yeah. if they even re-sign him. He's a free agent as well. So there's so much still left to do, I think, for their uh, front office. I'd say they have a nice head start, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> but uh, I wanted to ask you real quick, you know, it was just announced uh, that Sykeston is going to be uh, naming the, the court there at the Sykeston Basketball Fieldhouse, at the Sykeston Fieldhouse, Greg Hollifield Court. So uh, pretty special there. Of course, he's still coaching but uh, the Hall of Famer already getting recognized and well-deserved, don't you think? Absolutely. I mean, he's what he's done for our school is, is really incredible. I mean, who knew? I mean, I was around, you know, and, and working at the paper at the time. I hadn't started with the school, but 
that he uh, that he came to Sykeson in ninety eight ninety nine. I mean, nobody thought he would be there in twenty six years later, and you know, winning state championships and going to multiple Final Fours, and, but just an incredible honor, no doubt about it. The only thing is, people say, "Well, well he's still coaching." They, they usually do that when the coach retires. And I was kind of along the same thinking. I was like, well, that's odd that they would do this while he's still coaching. But I I think they just thought, you know, why not? You know, he's – I mean, he's clearly deserved it. Let's go ahead and honor him while he's still coaching. And, and he's I – mean, when I talk to him, obviously, all the time, and he thinks he wants to keep going for several more years. He, he has no intention of retiring. So that's awesome. Still, hopefully, a lot more good times to come for Sykes and basketball. All right, we'll be following Sykes in the rest of the year for sure and keeping an eye on the offseason for Major League Baseball. And We'll see if the Dodgers do anything else. Uh, it'll be a fun offseason and, of course, a fun uh, opening series with the Cardinals and Dodgers to begin the season, Derek, so that'll be fun as we uh, have opening day. But, Derek, appreciate the time. Thanks so much for joining us this morning, man. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for having me, Rusty. You bet. All right, Derek James, appreciate him. And, Clay, as we kind of wrap things up here, we just have just uh, about 30 seconds. But, uh, again, just Merry Christmas to everybody. Thanks so much for joining us here at the SEMO Scramble, and it'll be fun. Uh, just hope everyone has a good New Year. I don't know if anyone uh, is going to have any New Year resolutions, but uh, just uh, stay safe and have a fun time with friends and family. Yeah, Merry Christmas to everybody. Uh, it's, it's been awesome, like I said, getting to, to join Rusty every week and getting to, uh, to talk with everybody that listens each week. Uh We'll be at the Christmas tournament next week, so come say hello. Uh, come hang out. It's going to be a fun week, and uh, should be some good basketball played along the way. It should be. We'll, uh, we'll end with this. So, again, Merry Christmas, everyone. Thanks so much for all our listeners out there for joining us here on the SEMO Scramble. And, uh, again, just have a happy, healthy holidays. So, for Clay Harrell, Rusty Hendricks, so long, everybody, here on SEMO ESPN and on the SEMO Scramble. You've been listening to the SEMO Scramble on SEMO ESPN. Tune in every Saturday morning from 9 to 10 for a dash of hometown pride with Rusty Hendricks and Jess Todd right here on the SEMO Scramble. Yes, don't miss the latest news, stores, and stories that matter most to local sports enthusiasts. From the Blue Heel and beyond. Right here on SEMO ESPN, 1220 AM, 93.5 FM, the SEMO ESPN app, and at SEMOESPN.com.